Psalm 37. I don't necessarily endorse everything that I'm going to say today because Dusty gave me a bang and I drank about half of it in a big guzzle. So we'll... Uh, <clears throat> Some of you are sitting there like, what? You'll find out. <clears throat> All right. So today, we, we've been thinking about the theme of others. <clears throat> and I, I was going to stay on that. However, I, I was reading Psalm 37 in my devotions uh, this week. And <clears throat> I just I just felt the need and... and God showed me that, honestly, through the just the peace of knowing, okay, Lord, I need to share this with all of you. And, and uh, we, we are, we're living in a divided country. And we're, we're seeing this country get more divided all the time. And uh, our politicians are definitely not helping that. And I just, I don't want to get into all of that too much, but I, I find it amazing that that we have a very liberal socialist who's on the verge of communism who's probably going to win the Democratic nomination. And I don't know if you have been in <clears throat> socialist countries or uh, communist countries or not, but you will find that most of the churches that God are, God's blessing in those areas are underground. And they, and I mean not like digging a hole in the ground, but they're underground they're not known by the government and they're having to hide out to do that <clears throat> because they are being controlled what they can say and what they can preach and uh, the day is coming in our country where we're probably unless people stand we're, we're going to lose a lot of those rights <clears throat> but I, I say all of that because you guys know me well enough that <clears throat> some of those things really bother me and, and I get pretty animated at times and and so it was one day this week, and I, I don't even remember if it was, you know, Monday was, was a, a Monday of Mondays for a pastor. Usually Mondays, I've picked on you guys hard enough on Sunday, you leave me alone on Monday. So, you know, so Mondays are usually quiet for the preacher, and, and you enjoy the day. And I decided that, hey, Monday is a day that have some time. I'll go ride with the police, uh, the Brush Police Department. And we had a pullover that that I thought, man, it is a showdown. I mean, we're going to be like, you know, it's like all out, you know, let's pull the guns, let's have an all out war right next to McDonald's and have a Big Mac afterwards, you know. And, and, and uh, I, I felt like I had guzzled about three bangs, you know. I was like, and I'm like, how do you guys do this without somebody getting hurt, you know. I mean, this was just pretty intense, especially for a preacher on a Monday morning. And you know, it reminded me, too, that, you know, on that, our country is divided. And there is such a hatred for our law enforcement. And, 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 and really, law enforcement gets the brunt of it. But honestly, what it is, it divided in our country, it's just, it, it's just an unwillingness to submit to authority of any sort. And, and our culture has... has continued to breed that and, and culture that. And 
and how we have society now that's unruly and wants no authority in their lives. And, and so it reminded me to pray more for our law enforcement, pray more for our military, pray, pray more for those that are in, that, that are in, in, uh, in any type of uh, uh, authority like that. And look, they're just, they, they have feet of clay just like we do. And uh, those actions are uh, detrimental to their own well-being too. But anyway, so that's how Monday got started. And so you're wound up all day and and then I think it was Tuesday morning, and you guys are not going to look at me the same after this, but that's all right. I woke up on a Tuesday morning, and I was ready to just throat punch anybody that I saw. You ever have days like that? I mean, you just wake up, and it's like, I don't know why I'm mad, but I'm mad, and you're the problem, you know? And, and, and uh, that's about the time my wife said, I'm going to make you a shirt that says, if you would run as much as you run your mouth, you'd be in good shape. And, and uh, but it was just one of those days. I mean, I was, you know, I, I, oh, it was Wednesday. That's what it was because there wasn't there a debate on Tuesday night, something like that. That's what it was. Woke up Wednesday, mad at the world, you know, and, and, and I'm, and, and really the devil works on you. Your flesh works on you. Your own pride works on you. And, and you're sitting there, and you're like, God, I'm just mad. And I'd just really like to see a big fireball come down and just take us all out. You know, let's be done with this, and let's go to heaven, and let's, you know, the rest of them, rest of them good luck, you know. And, and, uh, and that's how it started. You get up, and you're like, okay, you know, I am a pastor. I need to behave that way. And so, but more than that, I'm, I am a believer, and, and Lord, I need to do the right thing. So after about a cup of coffee, then you sit down in the recliner and turn the lamp on and, and start reading in my devotions. And, and I'm in Leviticus in the Old Testament. And I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you wanting me to get out of this? Because this guy's got leprosy and you got to do this to him and that to him. And then you got to go into the house and scrape the walls in the house. And, you know, and I'm like, Lord, I'm still having trouble after 30 years of ministry. I'm still having a trouble on on understanding this leprosy thing and 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 uh, thinking, well, you know, I'll, I'll see, you know, and just ask the Lord to show me something in my devotions. And then I'm in. I was in the Gospel of Mark and reading about uh, Jesus and thinking, okay, this is good. And and reading about him casting out the the demons out of the one man, a legion. A legion of devils was in one man. Imagine how wicked that guy was. And, and uh, he comes and he casts them all out into the herd of pigs, if you remember, and they jumped off and drowned in the water. And, 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 uh, and, and then I just, and, I, and I'm looking at that, and the Lord's starting to work in my heart because the guy had all those demons cast out of him and said, hey, Lord, I want to I I go with you. I, I want to serve you, and I want to I be with you. And and follow you in your ministry, and Jesus said, no, I want you to go back. I want you to go back into your hometown, and, and I want you to tell them about the good tidings. I want you to tell them about what I've done for you, and, and he went back and so happily was spreading the good news of, of what Christ had done in his life, and then I'm thinking, okay, Lord, this is helping me because I, I do need to tell others about what Jesus has done for me, and, and, and there are good things that, that you are doing, and 
and I thank God for my salvation and thank you for saving me and thank you for calling me into the ministry and thank you for the church family and my own family and you know and, and you're starting to work on these things and trying to get things right and then then you're, you're still dwelling on these other things that are that are going on and, and I really I really do need to do better because I have a real disdain for politicians and and because of that I never ever want to be a politician in this pulpit and so sometimes maybe I come over a, a, a little brash on things or or and, and I want to be arrogant about it but I do want to be passionate and I want to tell you the truth and I want you to know what the truth is and I want you to wonder what he's saying and I can't stand watching some debate or some politician you ask him a question and they answer it with a, a 10,000 word dialogue and you get back and you're like what did he just say you know I don't want you to think that oh I, I don't so I I am what I am you know and and so but because of that and 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 so then you start working yourself up again. You're thinking a bunch of liars, you know, and you, and then then I get to Psalm 37. And and I read that and and how convicting it was that morning sitting there. And and I and I read just part of Psalm 37 that morning and and it just made me realize what I was allowing to happen in my life, whether it be through the flesh, whether it be through pride, whether it be through the devil throwing these things out and, and, and things that you, you have no control over. And, and the only thing that, the only voice that, that we have with our society today is voting, okay? Uh, and and with, with a, a change of society in that is to vote. Look, if, if you don't vote, you need to get out and you need to vote. Unless you're voting for Bernie, then stay home. You know, be sick that day. All right, and so, but uh, no, but you know, you you do need to let your voice be heard. But anyway, I, I keep wanting to go to that because you see how much it bugs me, and, and those things bother me. And 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 uh, but then I was looking at this, and the very first thing is he says, "Fret not thyself because of evildoers." And so I started reading this, and then I. I went to the church and I studied this and been studying all rest of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a lot of time yesterday and reading this and studying it and reading a few commentaries, but just mainly giving some thought to the scripture and what other scriptures say. And, and so I, I, we're going to be in this psalm here in the first 11 verses for two or three weeks probably, but I just titled this, and this is what it's going to be for the next couple of weeks, is True Peace. True, genuine peace. That is what we want. And, and we live in a country that is not peaceful at all. It's like you're sitting on a powder keg, and, and at any time it's going to blow up. It's kind of like the, the, the guy right before he went to the hospital, he was warming up his gasoline on the wood stove. And, and so, yeah, you can imagine what happened on that one, right? And, and so that's, that's kind of the way our country is, isn't it? It's like, hey, let's warm up the gasoline on top of the wood stove and let's see how this is going to work out for us. And, 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 and it just, everything is going on and all this turmoil is happening and, you know, the lack of authority and, the, and, and you know, uh, obeying any authority and the, and the hatred of, of each other. And I, I mean, I heard, 
I heard of, uh, of a, a lady came to me and said, I've been friends with this lady for most of my life, and, and she's in her 60s now, and, 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 and has and said that I will no longer be your friend if you don't vote for so-and-so. And, and that's where we've come to in our society. And, and, and all of these things that are, that, 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 you know, the devil is using to blow up our country and rip our country apart. And there is nothing peaceful in this country. There's nothing peaceful in this world. Look at the world all over and see all the turmoil that's taking place all around us and, and, and all of the mess that's going on. And, 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 I, and I started reading this and, and I see that God wants us to have peace. True, genuine peace. In a crazy world, he still wants us to have peace. And we can. And that's what we need. And as I was reading this, I'm like, Lord, I want this. But now you're showing me how I don't have it because of what I'm doing in my own life. And how I need to get it right and do things better in my own life. And I pray that it can be a help to you today as we look at this. And, and so in true peace, the first thing is that we need to realize the evildoer's reward. The evildoer's reward. He says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And so now we, we look at this and, and the believer's reward. He's shown us that we as believers, the, the, the evildoer's reward, as a believer, we have a certain attitude that we ought to have towards that. And he tells us there's, there's two commands. And I, I find this interesting, too, that these are, are commands of prohibition or, or they're commands of, of either don't ever do it or if you are doing it, stop doing it. Okay, and, and the emphasis is on the action of stopping this and not allowing this to happen. God, God is serious about this, and he wants you to understand that these things do not need to be a part of your life. Do you understand? That's what he's saying. And he says, fret not thyself because of evildoers. And, and, and this word fret has the idea uh, of, of burning with anger, hotly contending with someone. And, and, you know, I've mentioned this before that, you know, there are times where, where the, the back of your neck, you know, you start feeling the heat come up and, and it starts swelling up and, and it comes into your head and then pretty soon it feels like you're just going to explode and, 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 and there's been times when not walking in the Spirit, you can do exactly that. And been, you know, through the years and, 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 and years ago, some stupid things that were done, holes in walls and busted doors and, and, and idiotic things that shouldn't be done and, 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 and all because of something that, that is causing you this kind of uh, uh, worry and stress. And, and God says, you need to stop doing this. Stop allowing it to happen. Stop lying in bed and, and dreaming about or thinking about the conversation that you're going to have with someone and, and how you're going to say this, this, and this, and, and, and how you need to say this, this, and this, and, and you're thinking about the outcome of this conversation that you're going to have, and, and you're lying awake, and then, and then pretty soon you got yourself throwing bricks at someone, or, or, or you're, you're thinking some really bad things about someone else and, and the things that they're doing, and, 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 and you're choosing your response, and then pretty soon you become uh, acidic in your behavior and in your attitude, and, and the only one that it's hurting is you. 
And he tells us we need to stop doing these things. Look back. David gives us an example of this. First Samuel, we, we went through this not too long ago, but David has been running from Saul and, and hiding out. And, and I, I can't imagine. I, I'm not sure exactly how many years he hid and had to run into the wilderness and and, and he's fleeing, and, and he knew that God had, had anointed him king, and he knew at any time he could probably stand up and, and take over the throne, but he knew that wasn't the right way to do it. And I mean, he had a lot of stress in his life, and, and so he's hiding out, and he comes to this, this guy that's a, that's a big sheep herder. I mean, he's got all kinds of sheep, and, and they say, and, and this guy's name is Nabal, and and Nabal just wasn't a very nice guy. In verse 3 of 1 Samuel 25, it says, Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. Now, I know God said that she was a good understanding, but why in the world did she take Nabal as a husband? Back in that time in the society, she didn't have much choice. You know, they, they dowries and all that. But anyway, so here she is, nice woman godly and, and, and beautiful, but the man was curlish. He was rough, he was rude, he was hard and evil in his doings, and he was the house of Caleb. He just wasn't a very nice guy at all. And, and here they come, David, he's been running and hiding, and, and he comes to Nabal and he says, I, I, I'd like to buy some sheep because we're hungry and we, and we want to eat and we need to eat and we, we need these. And so he sent these guys to Nabal to, to see if he would do this. And Nabal answered David's servants in verse 10 and, and said, Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. And then he goes on and, and so he tells them, No, I'm not going to sell you anything. First reaction. Here's the reaction. Talk about fretting. Here he is. He's dealing with this, this rude character and so David in verse 13, and David said unto his men, Gird ye on every man his sword. They girded on every man his sword. David also girded on his sword, and there went up after David about 400 men and 200 abode by the stuff. He said, I am sick and tired of this. I, I am sick of, you can just see all of the weight coming down upon him. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of listening to the false promises. I'm tired of all these other things that are going on. And I'm really sick of this guy being rude and not willing to give us something. Guys, mount up and we're going to take his head off. And that's just exactly what he's planning on doing. Look over uh, in verse 21. Now David had said, Surely in vain have I kept in all that this fellow hath in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that pertained unto him, and he hath requited me evil of good. So and more also do God unto the enemies of David, if I leave of all that pertain to him by the morning light any that pisseth against the wall. He said, I want you to go in and I want you to kill him. I want you to kill anybody that's related to him. I want you to take out his wives. I want you to take out his children. I want you to take out anybody that's going to pass on his seed and, and, and his lineage. I want everything dead. I'm done with it. We're over and we see that Abigail, one of understanding, talked some sense into him and he realized what he was thinking about doing was going to be a terrible sin against God. And, man, when I read that, I thought, you know, 
my mind can go some devilish places. And, and I, I, can't, I can't stand, I told my kids when they were growing up, two things that I want you to do. I don't, I don't want you guys fighting with each other. This is your family. You need to learn to love each other and put up with each other. And, and you need to always have a closeness with your family. That's who God's placed you in. You need to love each other. I can't stand you fighting. But you can defend them. You can bust anybody's nose if they're bothering your, your brother or sister. But you want to, you know, our bullying today. You know, another thing. We need to stop bullying, but we can't be violent to stop it. You know? And I'd probably get myself in trouble. But look, if, if your little guy's getting bullied, tell him to rear back with everything he's got, close his eyes, and hit that guy's right smack in the nose. There's nothing more painful than getting punched right in the nose. And then you do the very next thing, you run. <laughs> oh. I know, I'm going to get turned in now for sure. But, you know, we sit around and we fret and we, we think about all of this and, and, and we see how wrong it is in our attitudes and, and the things that's going on and, and how, how we need to, we, we just need to stop with this attitude we need to stop and, and and the second thing that i told my kids is not only do i not want you fighting don't ever lie to me don't lie to me and and i don't want to lie to you and i don't want you lying to me and so we don't politicians stink and lie all the time and it makes me mad and yes and you just want to pray that god you would take the proverb where it says that you will cut off their lips and cut out their tongues and you pray for that, and you want that, and you're just sick and tired of these pansies that are telling you everything that they want you to hear. And you hear it in the pulpits all day long where, where some pansy's standing in the pulpit and saying you can just decide on your own how to get to heaven. Or, or I don't know whether the Bible tells us that homosexuality is right or wrong, and, and I can't tell you if any of these other things are right or wrong, and you just got to come to your own senses on this and, and decide because all I'm here to do is, is pet you and, and make you feel good and all is going to be okay, and, and all I want to do is be some rock star that sets some kind of uh, example for other preachers and, and, and set a new trend to be trendy and, and be liked by everybody, and, and I am just fed up to all of that junk. Just tell the truth. Tell people what they need to hear. And, and, and if you don't like it, I'm sorry, but I'll try to do it in a nicer way. But the truth is the truth. And if you're not doing the truth, it's going to tick you off or it's going to bring conviction and you're going to do the right thing or you're going to get mad at me for telling you the truth. Either way, you know. My dad said you can get glad just like you got mad. But you can see the, the battle that's going on. You know, and, it, and it's like the good and the evil and... I understand where David was at. It's like off with her head. We're done with this. And God showed him, David, you're not right. You need to stop fretting. Stop being angry about things you have no control over. He says, I got this. I, I can turn those leaders however direction that I want. Proverbs 24, verse 1. He said, I can take the king and direct him however way that I want to direct him. Right now, I want... This country, I don't want them to be where they are, but I'm allowing them to be where they are so they can wake up and see that 
there is something out there that can give them peace, and it doesn't come from D.C., and it doesn't come from Denver, and it doesn't even come from the city council or the county commissioners. It comes from a deep-seated peace that only God can give. And we need to look to that and stop fretting and stop being angry about things that, that uh, they do matter. But God has it under control. And we need to react differently. And then he goes on, and not only should you stop fretting, but neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. And so I, I look at this, and, 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 and I think about our society and, and how they, they push certain things and, and how we ought to, you know, our, our society is such a joke, and how they compare and, and think about their, their money and their wealth and their power and their prestige and, and all of those things, and all of those things matter, and, and, and they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. And, and, and there's constant uh, uh, fighting on this and trying to raise yourself up to be somebody that you are. And, and, and you find out that it seems like the more money you have, the, the less common sense or definitely the less spirituality you seem to have and, and think that your money can buy everything. And, and, and pretty soon you're thinking that, that you're just a little God because you have everything that you possibly need. And, 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 and here it shows us that, and he tells us as believers that you need to stop being envious of these characters. You need to stop wanting to have what it is that they have. I, I find it, you know, in that debate the other night, I, I found this to be funny. One, one uh, Mr. Billionaire was, got all ticked off because they were picking on him because he's trying to buy the vote, which he probably is. You know, anything, hey, I got all this money. I don't need you farmers because you have no gray matter. And, and, I, and I don't need any of you factory workers because you're not smart enough. And so I'm just going to buy this presidency. And, and those that are in IT are the only ones that really matter today. And they're the only smart ones of the bunch. But anyway, he's, all, he's so arrogant and pompous. And then this other guy, he starts picking on him, who's a big socialist, and, and says that we need to redistribute all the wealth except his because he needs to keep his because then the rich guy says, well, here are you to tell me because you have three homes. He's a, and it's like, yeah, well, that's normal. You know, I mean, I have one in Washington because I work here and have one in Vermont. And then doesn't everybody have a vacation home? <laughs> I have a wall tent that we might take to the mountains every once in a while. <laughs> and, and I look at that and they think that, that, that they're truly important in the world. And it is an important position that they're wanting, but, but honestly, in all the things that, that these people have, and, and God says, don't. Don't ever be envious of them. Don't, don't think that you want the things that they have. I mean, he gives us warnings of this over in Proverbs. Proverbs is a good book to, to learn some wisdom. In Proverbs 24 and verse 1, he says, be not thou envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. He goes on over in, in verse 19, fret not. There's that word again, right? And so, fret not thyself because of evil men, neither be thou envious at the wicked. And, and, and then he also tells us in Proverbs 16, 19, he says, Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. And, and, I, and I look at this and I think how many of us get so caught up in the, 
Well, hey, if, if, if he can have the, the nice Maserati and he can have the three cars and, and have all of these things, or, or you can have, you know, on the other side, you can have all these motels built with your name plastered on the top of it and, and look like gold and, and all of those things, and, 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 and they can have that. Well, I ought to be able to have that too. And so then pretty soon we're thinking, man, we got to do this to live the American dream. And you find out that the American dream becomes an American nightmare. You find out that you've lost everything that mattered to you at all and, and, and those things that actually truly last. And, and here he's saying, you need to stop being envious of these things. Look, we have believers today that have gotten so caught up into this that, that they're not even at church today because they were at some mixer last night and, 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 and rubbing shoulders with those in their society that, that are making them uh, feel good and pumping them up and thinking how valuable they are. And, and, and we have those that are living like the world and thinking, man, I want to be like the world, but I, I still want to hold on to, to God as some lucky rabbit's foot and think that I'm going to waltz into heaven, but I'm going to live the life that the world has for me. And, 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 you're, and you're having all these things. And you're thinking, hey, God, why isn't it that I can't have all these things that, that they have? And, and God says, look, I can give you something much better. But you're not seeing it. You lost focus on what truly is important in your life. And, and here you are, you're, you're, gaining, you're growing all jealous with all these things that are going on around you. And, and you find out that all it is, they're a bunch of evildoers and they're a bunch of people that, that the only good thing they're ever going to have is those things that money can buy them because one day eternity is coming. Oh, how we need to understand and regroup and regather and and understand that these people are workers of iniquity. They're full of injustice and they're wrong and they're unrighteous in their deeds. And there is absolutely nothing that they have that we ought to want. And so we stop being jealous. Okay, Lord. Honestly, I can say that that second thing, I don't have as much trouble with that. Money is just money. And, and, and I never want I never want a friendship to be dissolved because of money. <clears throat> never want never want family to be pulled apart because of money. There are marriages today that are falling apart and washing away because somebody is too much in love with money. And so I'd rather honestly would rather die a pauper and and be mar- be buried in what is that up in New York Potter's field or they call it where where the city just pays for a grave and they put you in the ground, they cremate you, put you in the ground, and the city takes the expense of it. And so you'd rather be that than, than to spend your whole life chasing something that all that's going to happen is your kids are going to fight over it, the lawyer's going to take most of it, and, and the corruption is there, and you ruin everybody's life. And so let us be focused more on truly what's important. Let's not be guilty of being envious of these workers of iniquity but also stop getting angry at them too oh we need to stand up and 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 we need to hold that which is righteous we need to hold to the rights that we have to continue to proclaim the right of that and I'm, i'm not into being a pacifist at all i don't see christ was a pacifist at all either Christ definitely wasn't a socialist that some Christians are trying to tell us that he was. I'm not saying that. I say we defend our country and the right that we have to, to, for 
for a pastor to stand up here and say, thus saith the Lord. And we ought to be willing to die for that right. We ought to stand and fight for that right. But here we need to quit fretting and getting angry against those that are the enemy. Look, it's the devil's world. We shouldn't expect anything different. Let's stand and let's fight it righteously. And then he shows us how. He shows us in, but, and, and we'll get to that, but verse 2, so we have a believer's attitude in verse 1, but then he also gives us a believer's reminder in verse 2. So verse 1 gives us the attitude. Verse 2 gives us a reminder. For they, the evildoers, shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as a green herb. You know, anybody here ever, I, I think you call it a scythe. Anybody here ever used a scythe? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, some of you old guys know what I'm talking about. Kind of a, it really looks like it could be on a Jason movie. You know, it's, it's this wicked looking little piece of equipment, you know, kind of a bent handle and it's got a handle up here and it's got a big old long blade on it and you sharpen that blade and you go out and you just cut down the grass. Man, it'll cut it down too. You can get an old blue racer to hold his head up, mad at you, and you, you know, whack his head right off, you know, and but and that that'll make a man out of you. You, you want to use one of those for a while, and and they cut grass with those, and that has the idea here that you need to realize, and God is saying you need to realize that they shall soon be cut down. He said, "I'll take care of it," and, and whether it be in this lifetime or not. It's not anything for you to be angry about. I got control of this. I can handle what's going on. You know, some, and I, I think part of my aggression too is this is April, or we're coming, we're coming into April 15th. You know, we all know what April 15th is, don't you? My, my wife is an accountant, so she's always counting numbers and always doing taxes and everything. And she ticked me off yesterday. <coughs> <laughs> do you know that the church, let's say the church built a house on this property and said, Pastor, we want you to live in that house. and We don't want to charge you anything. We're just going to let you live in it. She told me that the government has the audacity, because I'm a pastor, that the rental value on that house I have to pay taxes on. I said, rent it for 100 bucks a month. She says, it's still going to have to be the, the actual estimated value. I'm like, there again. You know the anger. You know? And, and if she goes first, I will be in jail. <laughs> They're going to get reported. I live on 25 bucks a year. It's none of your business where the rest of it goes. Ah, I find it amazing to me. But... You know, it's like those things. You know, it was. It just ticks me off. You know, and it's like we got to have. Our, our, we're going to have ours. And and yeah, here we go. See, I get. You know, it's the bang today. So, but they shall soon be cut down. And you know what your first thought is? Yes. Thank you. You know, praise the Lord. I want to see the day. You know. That, that's my reaction. I know some of you are much more peaceful and walk with the Lord closer than I do. And, so, and then he goes on and he says that they're going to soon be cut down like the grass and 
They're going to wither as a green herb. Good. You know, that, that is exactly it. But, but then I go back, and, 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 and first of all, I think I mentioned this maybe last week. He, he tells us that, that we, shouldn't, we, we shouldn't gloat when the evil are judged. We, we shouldn't uh, celebrate when, when uh, uh, the wicked are, are, are dealing with bad things in their life. It tells us we shouldn't be gloating over any of that. And, and then it reminded me, too, that, that Moses, and for time's sake, we won't go back there, but when Moses was leading Israel, I mean, there were times where, where Moses came to God and he said, Lord, I am just frustrated up to here with these people. And, 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 and he's venting. You can see it. And, but, but then there were times when God came to Moses and told Moses, I'm done with these people. You know what Moses did in those situations? He begged. He begged for God not to do it. He asked God, don't, don't do this, Lord, please. Don't, don't, don't allow these things to happen. And, and we remember the one time that, that it finally got to the point with Korah that, that he's more or less, God, I, I, don't, I don't know what to do with these guys and, and I can't do anything about it. And God said, get out of the way. And Moses then, caring about all the people, he, he goes to the people and he runs out of there into the camps and he says, you guys need to get away from Korah. You need to get away from his family and, and you need to get away from his tent and, and get away from that because something bad is going to happen. And then it tells us that the earth opened up and Korah and everybody in his family were swallowed up into the ground and they were killed that day. And, and Moses was seeing the wrath of God just a little bit. And, and then there were times where God had said, I'm going to Moses, I'm going to take him out and I'm going to start over with you. And, and he and Aaron were like, God, please don't do this. And, and it said that a plague started coming through the nation and, and there were thousands of people that were dying overnight. And, and, and it tells us that Aaron ran out there with an incense and, and praying and asking God and said that he stood between the living and the dead and asked for God for mercy and forgiveness and, and God stayed it off. And, and here we need to understand and realize that when the punishment on these unjust come and the evil, and, and yes, they deserve that, but so do we. We need to understand the, the horrible punishment that's coming. It tells us that, that look, you are not, when, when you die and you go to hell, you're not going to be down there popping up Budweiser's with your friend and celebrating with the devil. You're going to be in a place that is complete alone by yourself. And you're going to be in a place where there's a fire that never dies. And, you're going, and, your, and your flesh is going to be gnawed at by the worm that never dies. And, and it tells us that you're going to be doing that for all eternity. And just as a rich man that was begging for a glass of water, and oh, just give me a drop of water. And God's going to say, you're not going to get any of that because the wrath of God is going to be upon those that are evildoers that have rejected Him and turned their backs on Him. And, and if we were to ever truly see that, oh, how we would be begging and asking God, please, Lord, don't do that. No matter how evil. Because except for the grace of God, there go I. God, I don't want the money. If that's what it's going to do to me, I don't want it. If that kind of power and popularity, if that's what it does to you, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want any of that. I, I don't want to be put into the same characteristics as those characters. I want nothing to do with that. 
Neither do you. Neither does your church. The, the, the whole society doesn't need people that are trying to scramble to become more and more of what society wants them to be. Because there's going to be a horrendous, horrific judgment that they're going to face someday. And the only reason that I don't is because God revealed himself to me, showed me who I am, a sinner, in need of a Savior. And in all my imperfections, I go to him and I lay out my heart to him and ask him to forgive me and come into my heart and save me. And he does. He did. And he said, you know what, Shannon, not only that, but I, I want to use you to spread my word and tell others. And, and I want you to tell them the truth. And I want you to show them God's love. And I want you to explain to them that not only are there good things, but there are also bad things. You need to stay away from the bad things, and the best way to do that is call on Christ to be your Savior and then live for Him because the evil will be cut down and the evil will be withering away. Job made this statement in Job 20, verses 4 and 5. Knowest thou not this of old since man was placed upon earth that the triumphing of the wicked is short? And the joy of the hypocrite, but for a moment. I know I'm not evil. I mean, God has saved me. And so I'm not ranked in the those that do not know Christ and are living that way. And I thank God for that. There are some evil ways in me that need to change. Evil thoughts that need to go away. Some of that evil attitude needs to go. I thank God for that. But what about the hypocrite? Oh, how we need to be careful. Because we always need to be reminded. The days of the wicked are short. But we're all for eternity. I end with Psalm 1. It says, Blessed, happy is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. There, there's times where I've been down on Heidi and Greg's and <clears throat> down on Dustin and Jeff's and walked down there by the river and... and uh, water flowing by and just been times where you just sit down and and you you're watching the water as it goes by and you're hearing the birds and every once in a while a squirrel you know sometimes you see a deer meander by or a flock of turkeys and and it's just so peaceful and and God just reveals a little bit I believe through nature when you're able to do that to realize the kind of peace that he wants us to have, even in the midst of all the turmoil. He still wants us to be able to have that kind of peace. You can. You can by meditating on his word. Not, not listening to the counsel of the ungodly and, and the seed of the scornful. And, and, and you're away from that. And you're just listening to the counsel that God gives you. And he can truly give you a peace because the ungodly, 
are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. The ungodly are without root. They have no fruit. They're, they're devoid of vigor and, and, and any type of freshness of life, and they're blown away, and therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They'll be on their knees. Oh, we hear of the prideful and the arrogant. And they challenge God, and, and, the, and you see the wickedness of thinking that they are God and their own bodies they've made into God. They think that all this power can rule all the people and they can be like God. And God says the day is going to come. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Says that he will make this world his footstool. And the evil will be blown away like the chaff and shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. You know, he says right now that he prepares a table before our enemies. And he blesses us in the very presence of those that reject God and reject anything that we stand for. And he prepares that table and shows us that I'm with you. And I prepare this place, and, and it's going to be okay. And even in all this wickedness, it's okay, because there's going to come a day when you'll no longer be surrounded by anything that's evil. You'll be surrounded with only his presence and his glory. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And so, why are we here? Why are we still here? Why is God putting up with the junk that's going on? Because those characters that make us angry and mad and frustrated, Jesus died for them. And wants to give them an opportunity to humble themselves and trust Christ as their Savior. And I do pray that they do. And I need to do more of that instead of being so angry about them trying to take our way of life. Lord, change their lives. When you come into their heart, you will change their way of thinking. You make them what they need to be for you and your glory. Use me however way that you want. I trust you. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for its convicting power. Lord, not only do you convict it, but you also help us to change our entire way of thinking. Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you that I don't have to rely on, on a world system. I don't have to rely on wicked evildoers to provide something for me. Thank you for being God. Thank you for being my Father. When I trusted Jesus as my Savior, was adopted into your family, and I thank you for that. And I pray you remind each one that's sitting here today, at that moment in time when they trusted Christ as their Savior, that they were adopted into your family, and you're their Father. And you don't leave your children. And you don't let them just live and do their own thing, but you guide them and help them and empower them and 
Help us, Lord, to always look to you for that. Father, I pray that you bless. I pray that whatever might be causing anger in our own lives, I, I think of the things that we wrote down a, few mo- a couple of months ago, the bad things, and Lord, many of those things probably still bring anger to us. I pray that you help us to stop fretting and trust you. Give us this true, genuine peace. Whatever it is that we need to do, I pray that you show us today and you help us today to confess those things, leave them at the cross, and let you take them. And Father, give us a new new outlook on those that are unrighteous. Lord, the day is coming when they're going to see a wrath that they have never seen nor could even imagine. Help us, Lord, to have love to show them the truth. Give them the truth, and you'll do your part. Lord, I thank you. I pray that you help us today. If there's something we need to get rid of today, pray that you show us what it is and that before we leave here today, we pray, we give it to you, and we walk out of here burden-free. Guide us and direct us in that in Jesus' name.